This is Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. Cross Hope is broadcast daily and shares five minutes of hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Our companion website is www.crosshope.org. Now with today's uplifting message, here's Randy. Well, I read the book years ago about the seven types of intelligence. I always thought you were intelligent or you weren't. But according to Dr. Howard Gardner from Harvard, he said there are seven types of intelligence, and I want you to listen and see if you have any of the seven. Hopefully you've got one. But you know what I'm going to tell you today? You can have all seven and not have godly wisdom. You and I can have all seven types of intelligence and master all seven types of intelligence and not have godly wisdom. Godly wisdom comes from the Lord. It's a gift that he gives to people who ask. In fact, you said it this morning, the book of James in the first chapter says, God gives wisdom without reproach to anyone who asks. You know what it means? He doesn't look for a reason not to give it to you. James, the third chapter, exactly where I left off last week. It's verse 13. We pick it up in James 3.13. It goes like this. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy, we'll talk about what bitter envy is in a minute, and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom, quote-unquote, does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. Some of you say, why do we have so much trouble in our family or extended family? I'm not saying it's always true, but sometimes it's because of envy and selfish ambition. Verse 17, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. Children are known for their intelligent answers to questions. Have you ever noticed that, that sometimes a child will surprise you? with their intelligent answer. John Hamby writes about kids. He collected these. Patrick was 10 years old, says, never trust a dog to watch your food. That's an interesting thought. That shows great intelligence. Never trust a dog to watch your food. Michael, age 14, says, when your dad is mad and asks you, do I look stupid? Don't answer him. And then he said, Michael said, never tell your mom that her diet's not working. Never tell your mom her diet's not working. Lauren, age nine, says, felt markers are not good to use as lipstick. That's a great intelligence there. Joel, 10 years old, says, don't pick on your sister when she's holding a baseball bat. And Eileen, age eight, says, never try to baptize a cat. Never try to baptize a cat. Good advice from children. I want to talk to you today about the difference between wisdom and intelligence. 
Intelligence has to do with man. Wisdom has to do with God. And I find it intriguing right in the first verse that we read, who is wise and understanding among you, let him show it by his good life, by his deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. God enables a man or woman or young person to do things in humility and wisdom because he gives it. He will give you wisdom. Wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view. Wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view, not just man's point of view. I want to talk about verse 14 for a minute. If you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and of the devil. Of the devil. That's pretty strong, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Let's talk about verse 14. If you harbor bitter envy, to harbor something means you keep it close to you. Anytime you see that phrase in the Bible, to harbor something means you keep it close to you. And if you harbor, I harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition, don't boast about it. What's bitter envy as opposed to envy? One scholar defined it this way. Envy is when you want something that other people have. Bitter envy is when you want other people to lose what they have. It's different, isn't it? I not only want what you have, I want you to lose what you have. According to his comment, it, that is bitter envy. Bitter envy. What's selfish ambition? Selfish ambition is anything in your life that talks about self with a capital S. There's a personality disorder that I absolutely knew nothing about years ago, but have learned about it in dealing with people. It's called NPD. Anybody know what that stands for? I thought it had something to do with neurological. NPD is narcissistic personality disorder. It can be in a man, it can be in a woman, it can be in a young person where the focus is me, 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 me. It doesn't matter about you. A narcissistic personality disorder, it's all, how does this situation affect me? How does this conversation affect me? How does this business deal affect me? And it's all about me. And that is something that I think is inherent in verse 14. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition, don't boast about it or deny deny the truth. I love this story about an older couple been married for 50 years. Someone asked the husband the secret of their marital success, and he said, well, the old man drawled. The wife and I have this agreement when we first got married. It went like this. When she was bothered by something, she'd just tell me about it and get it off her chest. And if I was mad at her about something, I would take a long walk. I suppose you could attribute our happy marriage to the fact that I have largely led an outdoor life. I have largely... (laughs) Some of you will get that later. I have largely led an outdoor life. The description that James gives in verse 15 is really profound. It really is. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but look at the description. Earthly, of this earth, worldly, unspiritual, not from God, 
and of the devil. I don't know if you've ever thought about the devil being involved in your life, but I'm going to let you in on a little secret. He is. He wants to be involved in your life. He is the murderer. He is the father of all lies and a murderer from the beginning, the Bible says. He seeks to destroy. He seeks to defeat. He seeks to discourage. And so Satan is interested in doing stuff. Get this, in your life and in mine. In your life and in mine. And we'll continue this message tomorrow on CrossHope. That's CrossHope.org. Verse 16, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder. Disorder and every evil practice. I don't think it's an accident that there's conflict in people's lives that's not traceable to somebody with selfish ambition or bitter envy. In other words, look at all the problems in a family, extended family. There's somebody there with bitter envy, possibly, and selfish selfish ambition, and it could be you, and it could be me. That's the message of verse 16. Verse 17 says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Do those qualities describe you? Haddon Robinson is a professor that some of you may listen to on the radio. He's very scholarly, and yet he's a good communicator. He said, our generation possesses more data about the universe and human personality than all previous generations put together. High school graduates today have been exposed to more information about the world than Plato, Aristotle, Spinoza, or Benjamin Franklin. In terms of facts alone, neither Moses nor Paul, this is really an interesting statement, neither Moses or the Apostle Paul could pass a college entrance exam today. They couldn't pass a college entrance exam today. Yet by everyone's standards, even with all our knowledge, society today is people with a bumper crop of brilliant failures. What a description. We're filled with brilliant failures. I want to talk about peacemaking. The sign of godly wisdom in a man's life or a woman's life is that they're peacemakers. Do you know what a peacemaker is? Not a peacekeeper. Some of you are good peacekeepers. Don't get around dad. Don't get around mom. Stay away from grandpa. Stay away from grandma. That's a peacekeeper. He's in a bad mood. She's in a bad mood. That's not peacemaking. That's peacekeeping. And there's a difference. Peacemakers are people that try to solve problems. Go to one person and then the other. Most powerful story I could tell you is one told by Lloyd Ogilvie about peacemaking. But before he went to Hollywood, he was at a church in Pennsylvania. And he says that when he went to that church in Pennsylvania, one of the elders came to him and said, Lloyd, Got to give you a heads up about something. We have two women in this church 
who absolutely, positively will not speak to one another. They hate each other. One sits on this side of the sanctuary. The other sits on this side of the sanctuary. Here are their names. Don't ever bring them together for anything. Don't ever ask them to work together on the same committee. Don't ask them to host anything together. Because, Lloyd, they just hate one another with a bitter hatred. You know what Lloyd Ogilvie's first response was? Thanks for the heads up. Boy, that sure helps me in this situation as new minister here. And Lloyd said for nights, he couldn't sleep. He said, this isn't right. This is supposed to be a church. The body of Christ, and we got two women in this church who hate each other deeply? What's wrong with this picture? You know what Lloyd Ogilvie's first response was? Thanks for the heads up. Boy, that sure helps me in this situation as new minister here. And Lloyd said for nights, he couldn't sleep. He said, this isn't right. This is supposed to be a church. The body of Christ, and we got two women in this church who hate each other deeply? What's wrong with this picture, Lloyd said. So Lloyd said, I'm not going to do that. So Lloyd did what some people would have thought was crazy. He went to one woman, talked to her, went to the other. He went go back and forth over a period of weeks, talking to the women about their resentment and their anger and their hostility. You know what happened after weeks of doing that? The two women came down front with their arms around one another, weeping, and said, will you forgive us? for what we've done to this church over the years with our hatred of one another. Will you forgive us? Can you imagine the powerful witness that was in that church for two women who hated each other to stand in front of a congregation with their arms around one another and say, will you forgive us? Lord Ogilvie says one of the most dramatic moments in his ministry when that happened, all because Lloyd Ogilvie was what? A peacekeeper? No, a peacekeeper would have kept them apart. A peacemaker went to one and then the other and brought them together. Did you know Jesus said in the Beatitudes? I want somebody to say it out loud if you know it. I hope somebody knows it. Blessed are the peacemakers in the Beatitudes, for they shall be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. It's the only beatitude where if I fulfill that, I'm a child of God. There's no greater compliment of a man or woman or young person to say, he's a child of God. She's a child of God. That guy over there is a child of God. Peacemakers, verse 18, who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. And I was thinking about that phrase over and over this week. What's it mean to raise a harvest of righteousness? Sounds really religious. But what does it mean? I'll tell you what it means. There's a ripple effect of what you do that goes on for years. You see, if think about it. Those two women in Pennsylvania, if they didn't come together, maybe their daughters would have hated each other or their sons would have hated each other. 
And today, in this generation, we talk about people whose grandparents or great-grandparents hated each other. There would have been a harvest of bitterness and a harvest of resentment and a harvest of anger that would have been generational and would have gone on from one generation to another. But instead, because of Lloyd Ogilvie, he sowed in peace. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. There was generational blessing. Is it possible in your family there's generational sin? Yeah, every family. Generational sin. Stuff that's gone from grandpa to son to grandson to great-grandson. From great-grandma to grandma to mother to daughter. There's generational sin. There's generational bitterness that goes on. And some of the bitterness in people's family can be traced back generationally. It really can. And so that's why peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. Ray Ortland is a minister that some of you have heard of. Steve Cole from Flagstaff, Arizona, minister I quote from time to time said that early in my ministry, veteran pastor Ray Ortland was kind enough to go out to breakfast with me and spend a couple of hours answering my questions about ministry. One thing he said that has always stuck in my mind was this, Steve, you've got to decide where you want to give blood as a minister. That's an interesting remark. You've got to decide where you want to give blood as a minister. Some issues are not worth giving blood over, but others are. Godly wisdom is able to discern the difference and willing to yield on minor matters. The wise man or woman is willing to listen to others' view and change if he is proved wrong. And here's what he said that was so powerful. Unfortunately, some people are willing to give blood over everything. I'm going to get my way or there's going to be bloodshed emotionally. You're going to do what I want to do, or else there's going to be a problem. We all know people like that. Call it narcissism. You can call it whatever you want to. It's called not having godly wisdom. It's called insisting on your own way. It's called being the opposite of a peacemaker. And do you know what the opposite of a peacemaker is? Strife maker. I want you to think right now of somebody in your life that you would classify as a strife maker. A strife maker is a man, woman, young person who loves to instigate strife among people. There's some people that delight in that. They actually take joy in causing strife between two individuals. And I'm going to say something that may shock you, but it's from the devil. Strife making, the desire to cause strife is not from God. Don't, don't blame God for it. It's like James said, it's from, it's from the devil. This message is interesting because to me, it's been the most difficult message to preach from out of James for me, and I don't know why. I have no trouble talking about people and the way they talk. Talk about some of the other topics we've talked about in James. But godly wisdom is a tough matter because maybe we We don't think about it. You don't, and I don't. And yet it must mean something to the Lord for him to include it in the Word of God 
godly wisdom. I want to read it again to you, starting at verse 13. Listen to it again. Who's wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual of the devil. You are either sowing seeds in peace or you're sowing seeds in strife. What is it? You say, what do you mean by that? Your words sow in peace or in strife. Your facial expression sows in peace or in strife. The way you look at people, the way you talk to people sows in peace or sows in strife. And I'm just asking you today to change what you're planting. Some of you have been strife planters, and you need to be a peace planter. Just decide that I'm not going to be a strife maker. I'm not going to instigate strife between sons and daughters, between brothers and sisters, between friends at work. I'm going to be a peacemaker. Why? Because peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness that goes on for years and generations. Decide. You've been listening to Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. For more information about this ministry or to re-listen to any message heard on this broadcast, go to our website at crosshope.org. Be sure to join us at this same time each weekday or listen at www.crosshope.org. Cross Hope is listener-supported and is produced by Cross Hope Ministries, Incorporated.